Hi, and welcome to another podcast from Hidden Alliance Church. I'm Pastor Kevin, and I'm Pastor Ryan, and we're here together. And our goal with this podcast called Pastors Ponderings is uh, to discuss the message from last Sunday and to figure out if there's some things that we had to leave out because of time constraints or maybe something wasn't quite clear enough. So we want to regurgitate and uh, just chew on that for a bit. And uh, we welcome you to come along for the journey. Well, here we are, week one of Pastors Ponderings. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into this. So this past Sunday, Kevin, you took a look at the story that so many of us have heard, Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. Um, And we actually spent quite a bit of time in chapter five getting actually to that battle. Yeah. So was there anything that you missed Sunday? Anything that you didn't really have time to go into depth about? Yeah, there was a couple of things that, you know, you run out of time, even in your preparation, and you have to end up cutting them out just because otherwise we'd be there forever. Uh, one of the things was to basically describe a bit more about how Joshua came together. And it's it's basically the story of Israel going into the promised land. And uh, this was, you know, this was way back. Moses said, this is what we're going to do. Moses couldn't go in. Uh, a whole generation of people couldn't go in because they were disobedient. And you really can't unpackage all of that in, what did I preach? 45 minutes? 45 Maybe. Minutes, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to learn to cut back even more, I think. But uh, just to let people know, I think one of the things that uh, was interesting was um, the fact that um, whatever God had said to those people and told them and given them so many opportunities to, you know, to to see things his way, to follow him. And yet at the same time, they were so stiff-necked and so stubborn and they would fall off the wagon as quickly as as you could blink, and they were already complaining, already doing something different in their own minds. And so when by the time you get to the book of Joshua, and they're standing on the edge of the promises that God had been giving to those people way back when they were slaves in Israel, or slaves in um, in Egypt, um, they're finally there. And you think, all right, this is going to be exciting. This is going to be great. Uh, but a whole generation of people had to die off first. So I don't know who knows. It doesn't really say timelines, but how long were they there on that side of the river Astounding. looking down at, you know, Jericho and this seemingly completely impregnable city? How are we going to do this? You know, we've got, what do we got? A couple of forks and a, a few uh, pitchforks and maybe some hay forks and a couple of hoes. Are we going to attack a city with this? And they actually you know. sent spies in prior to that. Yes, they did. Yeah. And That's right. was it 10 and 8 came back saying there's absolutely no way. Yeah. But Joshua and Caleb. But Joshua and Caleb were the only two that stood out as men of faith. And the rest were punished for their lack of faith. You know, they didn't trust that God was going to do it. And they had sent spies also into Jericho as well. So they didn't send 12 in. I think they sent five. I'm not sure of the total number. But they sent these spies in. And that's where Rahab, you know, harbored them and kept them from the city's officials. And so Rahab was blessed with being able to escape from the destruction that happened in Jericho. Interesting story. Another totally interesting story that goes along with the walls coming down. And then, of course, post-walls coming down, you got another great story with Achan, who went in and stole a bunch of things that he wasn't supposed to touch. And yet, you know, and then the story continues where him and his whole family are slaughtered. So you have this wonderful contrast of this person who's a pagan from Jericho who believes. Right. And you've got this believer from Israel who doesn't believe. 
One is accepted into the family of uh, the nation of Israel, and the other is completely excluded and uh, terminated, basically, from the family of Israel. So it's quite a massive story, but you can't possibly cover all of that in a message. You just can't. Uh, yeah, so that was one of the things that I think would have been nice to be able to unpackage that, especially for some of the new Christians out there. Right. Um, to be able to sort of bring people along to the whole story, what led them to this place. And, uh, of course, I did mention it in this in the sermon about circumcision and how that was a sign or a clue that uh, these guys had not been aware of what God's rules were, what God's laws were. They completely were misinformed, or at least um, not misinformed, but they weren't even informed. They didn't know that they were supposed to be circumcised. So here you have them standing on the edge of this lake, and of course all the men are in, they can't do anything. They're incapacitated for how long it takes. I don't know, a couple of weeks. I wonder what thoughts went through their head no. when Joshua said, okay, men, <laughs> yeah. it's time. <laughs> yeah, I like it that it says, at this time, the Lord said to Joshua, make a flint knife and circumcise them again. <laughs> flint knife? Are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah, so I mean, there's some sort of uh, sarcastic humor involved in all of that. So not only did they uh, fail to uh, enter into the promised land and receive this great promise from God, but they failed miserably in passing along their faith to the next generation, which is, I think, why it was important in the message to really establish that this was the reason why it took them so long to get into that wall, to get to that wall, and why I think if you didn't have any discipleship, you would have never agreed to walk around a city for seven days, blowing horns and not saying, not the people not being able to say a word. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Joshua just wouldn't have been, but he was mentored. He was the only one right. that's mentioned that was mentored. Maybe Caleb was as well, but definitely uh, it mentions Joshua being mentored by Moses. And so he was discipled. And so he was, he didn't push back. He said, yeah, okay, this strange as it is, and I'm the general, and yeah, we'll march around and we'll, <laughs> we'll keep everybody quiet. Listen to shofars or whatever those horns are called, uh, <laughs> blowing away. Anyway, just just curious, making to me how you know that that whole part of the story sets this in into motion. It sets it into a place where, all right, Joshua's going to have to stand up on his own two feet here and lead these people, freshly circumcised, right. into battle. Yeah, they're coming off of doing something that makes no sense yeah and, and circumcising as you know being circumcised as adult men yeah, yeah, yeah. then being told something equally as audacious <laughs> right march around these walls for seven days and they're going to come down yeah very strange strange stuff to think yeah. of the leadership that josh that joshua would have had to shown yeah in those moments yeah. when all these yeah. men all these people were looking to him yeah and he comes to them with this plan yeah no i mean he had to uh I honestly think, I mean, it was such a significant part of the scripture that it's the, it's the significant, it's so significant that uh, a theophany takes place, which does not happen mm-hmm. very often, where uh, God takes on a human form and spends time talking directly to Moses and telling him directly mm-hmm. what he wants him to do. Uh, and I think what it was, it was not only proof that the circumcision wasn't just an, a physical act, right? but it was now proof positive that they were willing to have faith to trust that God would do what he was going to do mm-hmm. almost almost ignorant or almost sorry totally totally apart from what the he instructed them to do right. <laughs> just just walk, walk around 
<laughs> Blow horns, walk around, and make yourself look impressive? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned theophany. Yeah. Explain a bit more. What yeah, is yeah. that? Well, and when happened, does it take place? It happens a few times in the Old Testament. And basically, you know, on Sunday, I, I kind of just briefly uh, went over it. But it, it's basically like Jesus taking on human form before he was actually Jesus, you know, in the womb of Mary. And uh, so that, that kind of, it describes a theophany. It's a, it's a Greek word that is God or theos. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an appearing. It's, an, it's a theophany. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have God coming in appearance. And, uh, and so you have basically Jesus. He's the uh, captain of the Lord's army. He's the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the leader, the general, and he's having a, a word with the other general. So the two generals go face to face and he instructs Joshua, take off your shoes because where you're standing is holy ground. And I, I just know that's a key thing mm-hmm. because it put Joshua right back into the presence of what Moses told him. Right. How Moses was approached by, the, by a holy God and told mm-hmm. to take off his sandals. And so he knew this, this was the connecting point. This mm-hmm. was how he knew, oh, this is who this is. And so he took off his shoes and he knew that this was holy ground because of the presence of that man. But he had to have that experience to believe because no general in his right mind would ever take those instructions seriously. Ever at all. No. Never. Never. But it had to come that way. And I think it was because he was mentored and he was discipled. Mm-hmm. And he kind of half expected, okay, well, this is my crazy God who does the stupidest, dumbest things that make no sense, but I'll follow him anyway. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to, like you said, lead people into that right. same decision. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. This is what we're doing. <laughs> follow me. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. So how does God meet us? You know, we think about the story of Joshua and God leading him to do these things that make no sense. Yeah. I mean, God leads us to do things that make no sense. Right. Loving our neighbor. Yeah. Praying for those who persecute us. Yeah. Living and walking by faith. Yeah. And by his Holy Spirit, he meets with us mm-hmm. in a very real way, just as those theophanies would yeah. occur. Yeah. So how do we see that play out in our lives? How mm-hmm. do we see those moments of yeah. God coming to us? Yeah. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, in the New Testament talks about how um, Jesus, uh, that, that we have the ability through the Holy Spirit and through the victorious Jesus from the death uh, to resurrection, which is the ultimate, ultimately what Christianity is all about. It's kind of about that resurrection. Uh, but he gives us weapons that we can use that are not of this world to the taking down of strongholds. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened in that story. It's like it gives us a visible almost like interesting or curious making mm-hmm. story that shows that God is able to take down strongholds that we would consider to be strongholds mm-hmm. in our lives. And with his presence, the presence of the ark there is the presence of the Holy Spirit in our mm-hmm. lives. He was there among them as the people and, and to be able to take that down, but to do it his way. And to be able to to shout to the ram's horns, that's a no, that's a whole other symbol of God's presence. Mm-hmm. So we learn from Leviticus that when the ram's horns were to be played by the priests, it was a signal. There was three or four different things, but one of them was definitely that when they faced the enemies of God, that they would have victory. And those ram's horns were symbols of that taking place. So that was another key part of this battle was not only the presence of the ark but also the sounding of the trumpets to remind the Lord, you promised that you would come to our aid against our enemies. And here we are at this wall. How are we going to do this? So in my life, 
how this plays out is as I trust the Holy Spirit and as I trust in him and do as he says, it doesn't always make sense to me. Although it's not going to be crazy like this, crazy like a, you know, like a fox, like this kind of stuff. Right. It will seem like it doesn't make sense to uh, like uh, thinking of an illustration of, say, someone who's hurt you and to forgive them doesn't make sense mm -hmm. because are you saying I'm letting them off the hook? Right? Are you saying right. that they get to go free? Yeah. And actually, yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense to do it that no. way. But in reality, what's happening is the actual reverse is going on. Where actually I'm being set free from them. It's mm -hmm. not about setting them free from me. It's about I'm being set free from them. Mm -hmm. And I'm putting them on God's hook. So all of that doesn't make a lot of sense in your head. But it's a little bit like walking around a city blowing horns and mm -hmm. you know marching and right. saying nothing <laughs> for seven days right <laughs> yeah so I think that's how it plays out mm -hmm. uh, and I think that was the thrust of the message was that you know what is the walls and then and, and mm -hmm. I think his question that he asked Joshua was so good as soon as I read it I knew that was what God wanted to say mm -hmm. he said to Joshua so the first verse is now Jericho was tightly shut up mm -hmm. and no one came in and no one came out because of the people of Israel. Verse 2, he says to Joshua, See, I have given the city with all its, the king and all his mighty men into your hands. It was about seeing. What did Joshua see? He saw the victory. He saw that God had it under control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all about faith. So it leads into another question I have. Yeah. When the walls don't come down when we think they should. Yeah. When it seems like we are marching around those walls. Yeah. We're keeping our mouth shut. Yeah. We're doing exactly what God wants us to. Yeah. But the walls still seem like they're standing strong. Mm -hmm. How do we persevere? Yeah. How do we keep going? Yeah, that's that's the weapon, right? That's one of the weapons of our warfare is perseverance. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways it's a little bit like saying they knew the end. They knew it, right? Mm -hmm. They knew right. on day seven, seven times around, mm -hmm. and then the walls were to come down. They knew it. But getting there must have been just, oh, you know, hard. It may have seemed like, you know, it was only seven days, but it may have seemed like seven years, you know. Uh, and, and so they, they had to, by faith, trust. They knew the end. And that's where I think per perseverance comes in. Yeah, this is a weapon of our warfare, perseverance. It's not a popular one. No. Yeah, not a real popular one. Mm -hmm. But I think it's essential to our faith. And it's a weapon that we can use against doubt, mm -hmm. against disobedience, against falling away, against, you know, uh, being so lonely that I just got to have whoever I can find mm -hmm. when I can trust that God's going to answer me. But, you know, I may not know when. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's wrestling through knowing that the walls might not come down in this lifetime. Yeah, Definitely. Because that, that's the imagery, right? They're going right. into the promised, the promised land. land. They're crossing over the River Jordan, which is, I think it's in some of those old Negro spirituals, you know, mm -hmm. those, those old songs right. that they used to sing, crossing the River Jordan, right. which is like a sign of dying, mm -hmm. and then going into the promised land, you know, right. and that is a symbol of heaven. So mm -hmm. we may have to wait right. until, like if the wall, for example, is some healing that you need, mm -hmm. you may not get it here. You may have to wait until you're the other side. You're mm -hmm. in the promised land. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, interesting, eh? Mm -hmm. 
Well, well, I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's some of the ponderings that I would have from last Sunday's message. Was there anything you so, had questions about? You know, these these old stories, I grew up in Sunday school. Yeah. I heard all those all the stories growing up. Um, I remember my Sunday school teachers and so many times I think, you know, I look at them as as these stories mm. and you know, we hear the story of Joshua yep. and Jericho. God can bring down walls. Yeah. We hear things like David and Goliath. Yep. Well, God can bring down giants. Yeah. And it's so easy to think of them as stories that yeah. once happened. Right. And not as what is God showing us through mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. that he wants to do in my life. Yeah. You know, when we can read, okay, David bringing down Goliath is giant. Yeah. Well, there are giants that we face in our life. Yep. I agree. Yeah. There are walls in our life, just like the Israelites faced. Yeah. yeah. And we can't look at these just as stories that mm-hmm. once happened, yeah. but realizing the same God that did those amazing, miraculous things a few thousand years ago yep. is ready to do the same thing today. Yeah. And it might look different. Oh, definitely. Well, it's going to. We're not going <laughs> to, we're not going to walk around literal walls of a city. Right. But there are things in our life that, God desires to bring down if yeah. we're obedient. Yeah. I think of things like addictions mm. and you know those things that we hold on to yeah. or that seem like they're holding on to us. Yeah. Um, you know, it talks about sin as it's like chains holding mm. us into slavery. Yeah. Um, and it's remembering just like God brought down those walls, He can break any addiction in our life. Yep. Um, and it it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It might take longer than we would hope. Yeah. A lot of times it does. And what's required of us doesn't always make a lot of sense. No. And it can be very uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yes. Yeah. You know, one of the other things that I uh, read that I, you know, you spend time in your message when you're preparing, you go down some of these rabbit trails. Mm-hmm. And one of the rabbit trails was in the very next verse, it says, and Israel broke faith with God. Mm-hmm. So they got through this amazing experience. Amazing. And by faith, it says in mm-hmm. Hebrews you know, chapter 11, by faith, the walls of Jericho came down. It, it was all by faith. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with the science or the mathematics of people no. walking around a bit. You know, none of that. It was all by faith. And then the next verse in chapter 7, and the people broke faith. So again, here we go. One more cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, you have this wonderful experience and it. That just tells me that last week's victory is not good enough for this week's victories. Mm-hmm. Last week's victory is great, and we can talk about it. We see God's hand right. in it, but it doesn't keep my faith active. That's right. For today, for you know, yesterday's victories doesn't keep my faith active mm-hmm. today. Today is a new day that I need to engage my faith, mm-hmm. and that's a whole nother sort of sermon that can right. come out of you know <laughs> you could really go down that rabbit trail too. But I, I love in the preparation of a sermon. I think that's part of it is that you don't. You don't always give the people everything you've studied. No. no. But the the joy of the study and the joy of the journey when you're putting the message together is little rabbit trails like that. Mm-hmm. It is little rabbit trails like why the circumcision thing, right. which is, you know, bizarre at best. Right. Uh, but understandable because of the covenant. Mm-hmm. So you could spend a whole chunk of time just talking about that particular part of the whole covenant part. Mm-hmm. But you can't. And so you have to narrow it all down and kind of Give it out there and 
mm-hmm. run with it. But right. uh, yeah, definitely, um, no, there's, there's such great application, no matter what the ancient story. I mean, Sunday school was great for me too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they're good for kids. Those right. stories are great for kids. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know all the stuff that we talked about, but they right. see or they hear this story about a guy who trusted God with the people of Israel and the walls came down. Mm-hmm. And they can have in their imaginations all of that happening. Right. You know? I think it's such a great foundation that we yeah. lay in the life of our kids. And yeah. That's why I think it's so important for families that yeah. you know, we talk about these stories with our kids. Yes. And I think in my kids, I've got, you know, uh, my oldest who are five and almost four. Yeah. Well, they love stories. Oh, yeah. They love reading stories. They love when I tell them stories. And they're primed and ready to hear these stories that we can say, these aren't made up like all the other stories, but they're real and yeah. they really happened. Yeah. And again, they don't get all the ins and outs. And I'm not going to explain no. circumcision to my five-year-old daughter. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but laying this foundation of God is powerful enough to bring down walls yes. by people just marching around. By doing what he says. Hey? By doing what mm-hmm. he says. Mm-hmm. And it's a foundation so that as they get older mm-hmm. and as they start facing even their teenage years, yeah. more complicated things yeah. as they look at friendships yeah. and being rejected mm-hmm. and bullying yeah. and things like that. And these, you know, self-image, mm-hmm. those things that so many teenagers struggle with, yeah. having that foundation laid early helps them to grasp that God is a God who tears down walls. Yeah. God is a God who slays giants. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I'm facing, he can take care of it. Yeah. And you can find victory in him. Definitely. Yeah. So I think that's a great encouragement to parents. Yeah. Even if your kids are small, teach them these stories. Lay this foundation because it's going to be so vital, so important as they Mm -hmm. grow older. Mm -hmm. No, I I completely agree. And I think, uh, you know, your parenting, part of being a good parent, a Christian parent, Mm -hmm. is to make sure that you teach them this stuff from the mm-hmm. Lord. Teach it to them. Don't just depend on, you know, church or Sunday morning, right. children's ministry, um, as important and good as all that is. Uh, um, it still falls back upon the shoulders of a parent to take the Bible, to right. read the story, mm-hmm. maybe a- answer some of their simple questions. You know, why did that happen, Daddy? Or right. why, did that, why did they do it that way? Or, you know, I remember, <laughs> I remember, because you read them so much, eh? And you mm-hmm. read these Bible stories that are coming out of these child, children's Bibles, you know? Right. And so after a while, I was like, oh, I'm so tired of reading these same stories. So then I thought, I'm going to change it up. So I started messing up the story. Well, oh. man, did I ever strike a <laughs> car? That's not the way it is, you know? And I just thought, to myself, that's so good. They know that's it. great. It's going to help them somewhere in their life because that's the way God's Word is. It's living mm-hmm. and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. That's right. And it's good for kids, and it's good for teens, and it's good for adults and grandmas and grandpas. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. That's right. All right. Well, well, I think we've covered the whole basis of that I one. I think so. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that very much. I hope that you all enjoyed that out yes. there listening. And I hope that it's been helpful for you, even as maybe you're getting together and talking with some other people about uh, Sunday's message and how it helped you or didn't help you or stumbled you up or questions you have about it. And that's the point of this podcast. That's right. To help you through that. And hopefully you can continue down some of those rabbit trails like yeah. Kevin mentioned earlier as yep. we study to prepare a message yep. that we face. Yeah. Don't be afraid to dive in. Don't yeah. be afraid to go deep. Mm-hmm. God's word is it's active yeah. and his spirit is there to guide you. Yeah. So don't be afraid to jump in. You bet. Thank you 
you so much for joining us for another episode of Pastors Ponderings. Yeah, it was we good. We look forward to many weeks to come as we take a look back on the sermons from Sunday and maybe here and there one an issue that's facing our day and age. Mm -hmm. We would encourage you, don't be afraid to reach out. If you heard something Sunday, if you heard something in this podcast, you have questions about, if you want to know what it means to follow Jesus, mm -hmm. reach out to us. You can call the church office, go to our website, hensonalliance.com, our Facebook page, reach out. We're happy to answer any questions, grab a cup of coffee with you. And we look forward to speaking at you again next week. Mm -hmm. Thank you.